We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Last week I spoke on uh, breaking the mental strongholds. Today I would like to continue the theme a little more, deeper. Our emotions, how, how do we understand them? We all have emotions. No one can say, I don't have any emotions, because there are times you are angry, there are times you are happy, you are sad, you are satisfied, you are depressed, you are dejected, you are all kinds of, and the whole spectrum of emotions we go through, every one of us. The scale may be slightly different, that's all. But every one of us go through it. And someone said, every bride, when she's getting married, whatever race, whatever language she belongs to, she feels the same way. Every bride feels the same way on the day when she's getting married. Uh -uh. I don't know whether it's the same way, but everybody has the great expectations of future. And they go through emotions. And it's the same with man. It is undeniable experience. Emotions are undeniable experience. Now, we need to learn how to handle our emotions. That's very important. Sometimes we may react to a certain event, a situation, in a certain way, because the limited information that we have makes us react in a certain way. And afterward, we have some more information. Event has not changed. Same event. We didn't have a perspective. The perspective we receive, and then our emotions are different. Take the example of Balaam in the Old Testament. Balaam was going to, uh, wanting to um, basically curse Israel. He was on his way. He was going on the donkey. And when, the, when he was riding the donkey, the donkey would go and rub, its, rub itself against the wall on the, on the stones that are marked for the path. So this guy's leg will be crushed against the wall. And he'll kick the donkey and he'll curse the donkey. He'll go on the other side, again rub on the wall, he bruises his leg. And ultimately, he, he stopped and he wanted to beat it. But then it, it came to a point where he didn't want to move. He just covered down and sat on the ground. And this guy was very, very furious. And he beat it, kicked it, cursed it. He said, why, why are you doing, behaving like this? You never behaved like this in all your life. You have been my donkey. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And the donkey spoke. Am I not your donkey? Have I done this before? Why are you cursing me? Why are you beating me? It's, it's unjust. And then the Lord opened eyes of Balaam to see the angel of the Lord standing in the path with a drawn sword. What were the emotions of Balaam before he saw the angel? Furious. Very angry with the donkey. But after he saw the angel, I tell you, if you fell down at the feet of the donkey and begged him to forgive him, I will not be surprised. Because his life is spared because the donkey did not go forward. If he had gone forward, that angel would have killed him with the drawn sword. Has the event changed? No. Have the emotions changed? Yes. So before you know what is happening in your life, you react to certain things because you lack a perspective. But once the perspective is clear, your emotions change, even though the event is the same. 
Think about a man who's taking a dog for a walk by the seaside, and he was planning probably to uh, pr uh, take a bath in the ocean or, you know, want to jump into the water. But the dog would not let him go. And he was very upset with the dog. And in spite of the dog coming in his way, not allowing him to go to get to the water, he forcibly gets into the water. And only to see the dog jumps over his head ahead of him into the water. And there was a crocodile that came and dragged the dog away. And the man was saved. What are his emotions before the dog was taken away by the crocodile? But what are his emotions after his life is spared because a dog jumped ahead of him to save his master? So many times, emotions are only a flag. They are neither red nor green. They are only an indication that something is wrong inside. It's just warning you to be careful. It's warning you to be careful. So you need to study the emotions that you are feeling and then take control of it. And when you take control of it, it will guide you smoothly to the right destination that you should be going. If somebody is agreeing with what I'm saying, let me hear an amen. amen. So the emotions are a very powerful tool God has put within us and we sometimes become victims of emotion rather than becoming benefactors of emotion. We should be benefiting from those emotions. Instead, we become victims of emotion because we do not have the right perspective. So who can give you the perspective? Only the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can give you the perspective. Sometimes I see certain things, it doesn't make sense. Like for the past couple of weeks, I'm repeatedly seeing a truck, lone truck, I don't know what that loan truck stands for. So I told, I said, God, I thank you, you are speaking. I'm not saying you're not speaking. But I need to know what is this truck. I'm still waiting to hear from God what the truck is. But he will speak one day, very clearly. I think I almost got hold of the meaning, but I don't want to say it here. <laughs> but the point is, we need to hear what God is saying. Then you get a perspective. You need to hear what God is saying into your heart. What is he saying to you through dreams? What is he saying when you are waiting in his presence in prayer? You need to have, that is how you get the right perspective of life. Through revelation. Everybody say revelation. Without revelation, you perish. But with revelation, you will live. But many children of God, they treat revelation as insignificant portion on your plate, your meal plate. Sometimes you go to um, one of the, I mean, in India it is true. When you go to a hotel, you have got a lot of things on your plate. 28 items sometimes. And you will not eat all of them. You look at the color, you look at the smell, you know, that's not for me, you know. You lose four or five items, you don't touch them. Many of us are treating revelation like that chutney on your plate. Don't want to touch it. Don't want it. I don't like the color, I don't like its smell. Or you just put your finger and little taste, no, I don't like it. Revelation is not to be treated like that. 
It is something that you need to prize it. There's something you need to long for it. Something you need to pursue it. Something you need to run after it. Something you must long for it. It's like a man who is thirsty for a drop of water in a summer day at 45 degrees when it is outside and you walk for five kilometers. You're so thirsty. One drop of water. How you are longing for the one drop. That is how you long for revelation. Until then, it will not come to you. Why? Because you don't respect it. Revelation, God doesn't just throw around. The one who said, don't throw pearls before pigs because they don't know the value of the pearls. They'll trample down upon them and they'll attack you. The one who said it, will they give you revelation? If you are not tuned to receive it, why will he speak to you? Why will he speak to you if you don't care for the revelation? This is, these are the words of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, because I never thought about talking about Pearls are the pigs. It didn't come in my preparation a whole week. It is the Holy Spirit telling somebody the business of revelation is serious. If you long for it like a hungry man, if you long for it like a thirsty man, if you long for it like somebody who is languishing, who is about to faint and is longing to hold on to something, if you long for it, you pursue it, you dream for it, you dream about it, you say, God, if there's no revelation, it is going to be the end of my life. I need it. I need it. As, as Moses was pleading with uh, God, God said, go, my, I will send my angel. He said, no, that's not good enough. Unless you promise to go with me, we will not go, we will not move. We need that revelation. And the, it will come. And one of the things God gives you is the emotions. And emotions are ruining many people because they don't have perspective. And we need perspective only when we have revelation. It can be anything. It can be an argument between husband and wife. It can be an argument between parents and children. It can be an argument between you and your boss. Wherever it is, emotions will come up. But you need to conquer that emotion and you need a perspective, perspective to conquer the emotion. That only Holy Spirit can give. Only Holy Spirit can give. And here we have the words of Jeremiah in Lamentations. Lamentations is usually attributed to um, Jeremiah. Even though nowhere it says it is he who wrote. Because of the content and the way it's communicated, there's one prophet who wept for the nation of Israel day and night. For more than 40 years, he prophesied and he was not accepted. He was rejected. He was even thrown into cistern without water. He was sinking into the miry clay. It was Ebed Melech, who is not a non-Jewish person, who hears about it, goes permi gets permission from the king, and he goes with ropes and some rags, he throws the rags into, the, into that uh, waterless well and he says, put it under your arms as a support. And he threw the rope and pulled him out, rescued him. And he was put in the courtyard until Nebuchadnezzar came. Armies came and captured Jerusalem. He is the one who was, who, who was given just bread and water. King says, give him bread as long as the last loaf lasts in the, in the city. And he was given just bread and water. He was in the courtyard. He was in the prison of the house inside the court. And he has argued with God. He has questioned God. He has literally grumbled against God. Look at the language of the man. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. Here is a man who again lacks perspective. 
and how his overpowered was emotion. His, his emotions are running against God. Is it wrong to ask God to give, I mean, get angry with God, upset with God? I will tell you one thing. You can be upset because of lack of perspective. But when the perspective is restored, you will repent. You will repent. One thing I learned in my life is never grumble against God. Never be unhappy with God. Never question God. He is always right. Somebody walked into uh, an office of a, a business uh, uh, person and he's the boss. He went to see him. There was a, something hanging on the wall. Rule number one, boss is always right. Rule number two, sometimes you may think boss is wrong. Rule number three, look to rule number one. I tell you, you need to come to God like that. He is always right. He is always right. Everybody say he is always right. And when you lose that perspective, you'll end up like Jeremiah complaining like this. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. What kind of words a prophet can say? Can a prophet who hears God clearly speak like this? Because he lost the perspective. Because he lost the perspective. No room for complaining in a Christian's life. Why? You know that this God, whom no one has seen, whom no one has seen, was manifest in the flesh in Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. And he has gone through all kinds of rejection. And he was flogged 39 times. His back was uh, was really uh, was into pieces because of that harsh um, uh, uh, whipping, and that he did for your healing. And he stretched himself on the cross and allowed them to nail his hands to the cross and his feet to the cross so that he can make atonement for your sins. And he rose again from the dead, ascended to the Father. If you know these truths, you have no right to be angry with God. You have no right to be uh, unhappy with God. No right to complain against God. No right to be grumbling against God. Because that love will super right every kind of emotion that you have. Your emotions are wrong and God is right. No ground for complaining if you know this Jesus. You need to say, I'm sorry, Lord. In your heart, you need to say, I'm sorry for being unhappy with you. I'm dissatisfied with you. I questioned your power. I questioned you that your ability to fulfill your plans and purpose in my life. I've been unhappy with you. I am sorry. Because the cross, more than that, the empty cross, and more than that, the glorification of Christ will make us shut our mouths forever. Because God has put a seal that his plans and purposes will prevail by raising his son from the dead. Once for all, that's the perspective we should have. How do you know whether we are carrying a wrong emotion? I'm asking this question. How do we know we, have, we are carrying a wrong emotion in, my, in our hearts. When we don't want to talk about someone or something anytime, whether you are with a counselor 
when you go for prayer and they say, what is bothering you? I cannot talk about it. Know that you're carrying something wrong in your emotions. They can be father, it can be mother, it can be grandfather, anyone about whom you cannot speak, you are carrying a wrong emotion in your heart. True, abuse has no right. For those people to abuse you have no right. But if you cannot talk about it today, that means you are not forgiven. It means the matter is not settled. And that is how we know we are carrying the wrong emotion. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Don't be angry. Don't go to bed angry because you are giving room to the devil. Now what does this mean? What does this mean? How do Christians handle this? How do believers handle this? When you are being abused, when you are being oppressed, when you are being taken advantage of, you are angry. But you are going to bed angry is not right. If somebody is abused with words, you are carrying anger in your heart. But going to bed with anger is not right because you are giving a foothold to the devil. And some people are super spiritual and they want to say, no, 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 I don't want to be angry. No, I am not angry at all. Yeah, I love my mother. I love my father. They just beat me, but I still love them. Are you angry? No. I'm not angry at all. What are you doing? You're repressing your emotion and you're giving foothold to the devil. Without your knowledge, when you push down your emotions, that is called repression. What is repression? Pushing down the emotions without your knowledge is repression. And that will show it itself up in your life. Again, 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 the nasty head of the repressed feelings will show in your relationships. It will show in your mental health. It will show in your happiness. It will show in your satisfaction with the Lord. It will keep coming up. Then you will know that there is something that, that finish, unfinished business is still there in your mind. In your mind. That's how you know it. Unresolved anger leads to repressed anger. Unresolved anger. You are not forgiven them. Ultimately, it comes down to forgiveness. When you cannot forgive somebody, no, I can never forgive. As I, last week, I gave you an example of a, a, a woman we talked to. She said, I cannot forgive. Repressed anger. So we need to be very careful. First Peter 5, 7 and 8 says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That is job of the job description of the devil. He is looking around like a roaring lion. Whom shall I swallow today? Whom am I going to eat? And you are saying, uh, what you are doing there here is, you are not, you are having anxiety in your heart. What are you carrying? Anxiety. Then what else you are carrying? You don't want to leave your concern and your care at the feet of cross, at the feet of Jesus. You refuse to lay your concerns there. You want to carry. Someone said, you have to let go. Some elderly lady, someone was advising, Mama, you have to let go. And she said, Whoa, I can't do it because I'll be jobless. 
Do you have to carry your burdens and become I mean, be having employed always? No. Jesus says, leave your anxieties. Leave your burdens. And when you refuse to do it, the devil is roaring and looking at it. Mm, I see anxiety there. I see cares that are not being put down at the cross. Pounces on you and eats you. Very simple. Very, very simple. If you have anxiety and if you are full of cares, whether about your husband, about your wife, about your children, about your job, when you have cares and anxiety, don't want to let go and leave it to God to handle it. Devil is having you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's up to you how you want to deal with the emotion. The Lord is always willing and ready to forgive. But are we ready to accept it and forgive ourselves? If you are no better after confessing our sin or failure and don't feel better, we have not confessed it right. There is power in confession. Everybody say there is power in confession. When you come to God and confess it, you are on your knees, crying tears, bitterly crying for what is happening in your life. And you are saying, I forgive this person. Oh God, I don't want to, but I forgive. But when you're up on your knees and you feel the same before you went down on your knees, you are not forgiven that person. You are not settled the matter. You still are holding back what needs to be let go. It has to change you. The confession has to change you. If it has not changed you, you haven't confessed it. You have gone through moral motion. You just, somebody told you you have to confess it. So you kneel down and you cry, oh God, I want to forgive. But you are not forgiving them. Because when you get up, you are not changed. That is how you know that you are carrying it. You are not let it down at, you are not put it down at the feet of Christ. When we leave a problem at his feet, after we get up from our knees, we should feel lighter or joyful. If not, we have not allowed the Lord to deal with it. We are walking back with our problem in our pockets. I'll tell you a joke to make it a little lighter so you will understand what I'm talking about. Two people are going, I mean, going in a car. And after some time, the guy says, this horrible stench coming from this car. I think there must be a dead mice somewhere hiding. We'll have to figure it out where it is. So they stopped the car. They opened all the four doors and looked around. Boot, everywhere they checked, nothing was there. They sit again in the car and are going again. The same stench is coming. And one of the guys exclaims, Wow, I know where it's coming from. You would have guessed it already. It's the socks of the other guy. So he says, what shall we do? Okay, let's go home I will change my socks. So they go home, and he changes the socks. They're going back again, and the same stench is coming. So this guy said, did you not change your socks? He said, I did. I knew you will not believe me. And he pulled it out of his pocket. <laughs> so when you forgive people, when you forgive people, don't carry in your pocket. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> It's not for you to convince the other person that you have forgiven them. Don't convince them by carrying in your pocket. You should go into the dirty dryer or into the bin somewhere, but not in your pocket. Many of us are doing that. We deceive ourselves that you are forgiven, you are forgotten, 
But at any time you talk about it, they pull it out of their pocket and show you. No, 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 it's here. No good. Ultimately, it comes down to forgiveness. We need to forgive from the bottom of our heart and forget it. Emotions, feelings, and reality, emotions can change with the change of perception of reality. The situation is the same. Perception changes the emotions. We talked about Balaam. We talked about the man who went for a walk with the dog. Suppression is a conscious denial of feelings, and repression is unconscious denial of feelings. Now, there are two things here. One is suppression, other is repression. Suppression is conscious denial of feelings. You know it, you deny your feelings, and when you say, no, 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 I am not hurt, I am not hurt, oh, and put a very painful smile on your face to say, no, I am not hurt at all. No, you are all right, but you are suppressing your feeling. Instead, be bored. Yes, I am hurt. And the other person has an opportunity to say, I am sorry. And then you have an opportunity to dump the socks in the bin, not put in your pocket. It's, it's just like that, dealing with it very straightforward. And repression is unconsciously. That means you're not conscious. You're not wanting to do it, but unconsciously repress your feelings. Psalmist says the same thing in Psalm 32, verse 3. So when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. What is he trying to say? When I kept silent, he's, not, he's refusing to deal with his emotions. He's suppressing them. He's repressing them. Then what happens? He, it went into his bones. You know what is going into the bones? Somebody from a tropical country comes to New Zealand and it's zero degrees outside. And he puts on the best of the puffer jackets and he says, it is so cold here, it's getting into my bones. You may not like it because you get accustomed to it here now. By now you say, oh, I'm here, I like this cold, fine. But a person who visits here, he says, it's getting into my bones. If a cold can get into your bones, the wrong emotions get more deeper than bones into your very skeleton, every part. You need to be careful. You need to forgive and forget. If we tell God our feelings, we don't have to dump on family members or flatmate. When we are able to tell our emotions, that's what Jeremiah did. He first told his emotions to God. God, your hand is against me. I know you have made me sit like in darkness, in verse 6. He made me dwell in darkness like a dead of the long ago, like a dead person living in the tomb. You have put me in the darkness. He's complaining. Talk to God, but not for all the time, not for long. Talk to God, but not for long. If you're saying the same thing day after day after day for three months, six months, that means the devil is the one who is having stronghold in your life. But if you talk to God once and complain once, and then you say, I know, God, you are greater than my emotions. I know, God, you are greater than my circumstances. I know, God, you are the one who can solve my problem. I praise you because you rose again from the dead. I praise you because you are seated by the hand of the Father. All depression will go away. The truth is supposed to set you free. If it does not set you free, you don't believe the truth. You don't believe the truth. We are almost coming to end. Hold on for some more time. If we are not careful as to where we are pouring out our emotions, it may help us temporarily, but it will damage others around us deeply. When we have emotions, 
it is good to let them out but sometimes letting them out will make you feel good temporarily i use the word temporarily why until the other person will tell turn up to you next day and say hey how do you feel today yesterday i vented my anger against you i felt good but he will say but i felt bad i felt bad so we can burst out against a husband a wife or children it may feel make you feel good temporarily but they feel bad permanently until it is set right so just because you want to feel good don't burst out because that's temporary instead deal with it rationally talk it over forgive and forget that's how you deal with it reply to emotion with emotion not with words what did i say reply emotion with emotion not with words what does it mean there was a pastor who was visiting somebody and he came to know i mean visiting the sense he, he heard that they have lost a baby so he went there and sat down there and they told how the baby died the crib death and whatever and this pastor had no words to express and he sat there tears running down his cheeks and the couple looked at him and they didn't have any words to say either but he sat there for half an hour or one hour and he didn't didn't try to explain oh it happens like this he didn't give reason for it oh you should have been more careful to make them more feel more miserable he just sat there and he cried with them and then the couple left the church then he he felt maybe i should have said something i made a mistake i should have said some good words to comfort them because i didn't say anything they left the church he thought after four or five years they run into him somewhere and then the wife says pastor we can't put into words the great good you have done when you visited us oh i have not said anything at all thank you very much because you shed tears our emotion you responded with emotion you didn't say anything thank you very much it means a lot for us it means a lot for us and when you want to look into the life of jeremiah particularly he he actually curses the day he was born and so many things he talks negatively when you go home please read jeremiah chapter 20 he didn't want to be a prophet he didn't want to be a mouthpiece for god and he complains oh lord you deceived me and i was deceived you overpowered me and prevailed i'm ridiculed all day long everyone mocks me whenever i speak i cry out proclaiming violence and destruction so the word of the lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long for becoming a prophet being the mouthpiece of god he was ridiculed rejected he was despised people had no respect for jeremiah not for a day not for a year 40 more than 40 years he was prophesying doom no hope how would people react to such kind of even just few months away from being captured by the by the babylonian forces and he was saying surrender to them you will live and they even come and say please pray to the lord 
and tell whatever you tell, good or bad, we are going to do it. Either good or bad, we will do it. And he said, I will definitely pray. And after 10 days, the word of the Lord came to him. Surrender. You will live. Don't surrender. Sword will take over, kill you. Plague will follow you. Completely will be destroyed. And he, he delivered the message. And they said, no, no, no. That's not a good word. What did they say? Either good or bad, we'll obey. And now after the word comes, he says, no, that's not the right word for us. I tell you, prophecy is not here to make you feel good. Prophecy is not to make you feel good. Prophecy is tomorrow's newspaper you read today. Prophecy is what you are going to see after six months, what you are going to hear after six years you are going to see today. That is prophecy. Prophecy is powerful. Very few times it is conditional. If the conditions change, the end outcome will change. Like he said, Jeremiah said, if you repent, if you yield, if you submit to Nebuchadnezzar, to Babylonians, things will be all right. You will plant and you will reap. You will enjoy. You will have children. Everything will go smooth. You will be taken to Babylon, but you will be fine. But you resist, you will be killed. So they resisted, they were killed. They were taken captive. They even fled to Egypt, but the Nebuchadnezzar came to Egypt and killed those people who rebelled against him and left Israel. Prophecy is very powerful. Don't just say, oh, let me go for a word. Because you don't obey it, it will haunt you. It will reduce you to nothing. So you must have fear of the word of God. Don't take it lightly. Don't make it a chutney on your leaf. Out of 30 items, you can leave some items. Prophecy is not one of those things you can leave. So when you want God to speak to you, you mean business. You don't come there to say, God speak. After God speaks, he says, uh, did you really speak? Is that what you want to tell me? I tell you, God is not going to speak if you have right, if you have a wrong attitude towards his word. If you have the highest regard for his word, greatest care in obeying it, and the minutest details you want to obey, and you want to honor him, you want to trust him, you want to obey him, you want to glorify him, then the word of the Lord will come to you. Get ready. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Rirama Shakirano, Bhastaroni Sharana, Banda Sarasto Kurono, Sarana Mando Bhastaro, Shaktara Rekere Bhereni Mana Sarasto Kuroni. The Lord says, I am breaking the bondage over your life right now. That chain over your minds, I'm breaking it. The chain over your emotions, I break it. The chain, I'm breaking it. Look to me, I will give you a new perspective. Look to me, I'll give you right emotions. Rinama Sharho, Bara Sandaranam Hastaroni, Shakarastakuro, Raboroni Sandastakuroni. My word is consuming fire. Is not my word consuming fire, the Lord says. Do not seek the word just because it will give you some nice feeling. Seek the word because you want to obey it. Do not seek the prophecy because you want to feel good. Seek the prophecy because it is going to be for the glory and honor of God, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do not come to God and say, oh God, I love you, when you don't love him because he knows your heart. 
ರೇಹ ಶಕ್ತರೇ ಸಾರನೋ ಸಕರನೋ ರಾಬರನೋ ಮಾನಶಕ್ತೋ ಸೇ ಬೇರೆ ಸಕ್ತಿರೇನಿ ಸಕ್ತ ಸಬಸ್ತಕರೋನಿ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಮೈ ವರ್ಡ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಎ ಹ್ಯಾಮರ್ ಇಟ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬ್ರೇಕ್ ಟು ಪೀಸಸ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ರಾಂಗ್ ಇಮೋಷನ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ರಾಂಗ್ ಐಡಿಯಾ ಆಫ್ ಗಾಡ್ ವಿಲ್ ಚಾಲೆಂಜ್ ಇಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸ್ಮ್ಯಾಶ್ ಇಟ್ ಹೀಸ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಹ್ಯಾಮರ್ ಡು ನಾಟ್ ಟೇಕ್ ಇಟ್ ಲೈಟ್ಲಿ ಡು ನಾಟ್ ಕಮ್ ಟು ಹಿಮ್ ಲೈಟ್ಲಿ ದ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಸೇಸ್ ಚೇಂಜ್ ದ ವೇ ಯು ಅಪ್ರೋಚ್ ಮೀ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ many people are saying i don't receive the word of the lord i don't receive prophecies i don't receive the word i don't receive words of knowledge words of wisdom why because the lord says set right your heart and keep me topmost in your mind in your soul in your spirit and i will begin to speak to you this is my promise says the lord we praise you god for your word we thank you jesus for your mercy thank you because you're full of love thank you for invitation you are giving us to draw near to you to experience your mercy to hear your voice to know your mind to do your will that's the greatest pursuit of man uh, man's heart and i pray that this will be for each one of us and if that's what you want to do in your life say to the lord say to the lord lord my heart desire to know your mind to do your will to know your mind to do your will if that is your prayer just stand where you are and i'll ask the lord to speak to you rikara sandarano sabdaroni sakristakroni sharakara sendre raharoni marano sabara saktaroni sakristakroni rohore maharoni baharoni saktare rakasekire sandrano soboro soroni maharostakroni is not one of the options not one of the options to receive the word of god is not one of the options it has to be the only option for your life and then the word will come to you the word will come to you as it came to jeremiah as it came to isaiah as it came to uh, ezekiel as it came to all the other prophets the word will come to you he is the same god he has not changed he has not stopped speaking after he came as jesus into the world he has not stopped he has poured out the gift of the prophecy upon the church and it is for you to hear his voice and do his will lord as your children have responded and i pray now spirit of god come with power come with power come with power as you have shown me last night let that mighty anointing of the holy ghost come upon your children now and let your word come to them open their eyes to see open their ears to hear to the glory of your name let your fire fall upon them now come holy ghost 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 let your glory come 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 touch your children now to the glory of your name thank you lord for your saying many of you will hear my voice very soon if you pursue me if you seek me with all your heart you'll find me says the lord i praise you again for encouraging your children thank you for visiting them thank you for filling them with the spirit thank you for the word of revelation that's coming to them many prophets shall rise from here because it is you oh god who has touched their heart I bow before you worship you I thank you for your mighty work today in Jesus mighty name Amen Thanks for joining us at Omega If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough or simply to find out more please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below